Welcome to The Hammer and Quill, Season 2, Episode 9, an interview with Pam Hall about the future of theological training. We are in the middle of a mini-series here in Season 2 on the future of theological training, and we are excited to offer for you, our friendos, this great interview with our friend. Yeah, she's our ultimate friendo. The ultimate friendo. Wow. <laughs> High praise. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely need to make a shirt yeah. for her. Uh-huh. Ultimate friendo. Ultimate, friendo. ultimate friendo. friendo. I'm joined here in the study of the Bonhoeffer House with my co-hosts and... Uh, yeah, y'all co-hosted. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even know oh, about yeah. this. Yeah, we I did listened. it without I listened. I was like, oh, I wasn't invited to this. Yeah, it was in a text thread. You missed it <laughs> because you weren't on it. <laughs> because you <laughs> were not invited. We got Holly and Michael here in the global worldwide Studio. headquarters. Studio. Hi, everyone. Hello. And uh, man, this is a great interview with Pam B. Hall. Uh, before I interview Pam, Holly, you wanna you wanna kick us off with our uh, our regular, our usual. Yep. Our favorite usual? question. What's your favorite thing? We have taken a little break, so. Got some time. Have, yeah, you've, you've got a, a big margin. What's your favorite thing, guys? I'll start. So my favorite thing is being being done with COVID. Mm. Um, we are all grateful. Because you... I, I'm, no, I'm just no. done with this. <laughs> I'm done with COVID. It's over. Um, no, no, not in the sense of like, I'm so done with that. But like, I had it. Hmm. Finally. It finally got me. Yeah, I thought that I was going to be the one. <laughs> To make it all the way through <laughs> without getting it, but it finally got me. We really thought for a long time that you were going to be I Am Legend, Will Smith. Yeah, y'all did. Had I did. Last, I go out into my I go out into my garage and work out like him. The, <laughs> you remember that? In, yeah, that like workout behind scene? the neck yep. pull ups. I do a lot of those shirtless. Yep, a lot of it. <laughs> so many, just like the movie. And then you watch Shrek afterwards. <laughs> So no, it finally got me, and it completely ruined a weekend getaway with um, a couple of friends. Mm. My kids were really upset because there was going to be like fourteen little kids in this giant like house at you. They were upset at me. Oh, like, oh dad. dad, you got COVID, Stop. idiot! <laughs> so anyway, so I, you know, now I will say my favorite thing while I had COVID is Jenny and I just laid around binge watching shows. And then I got to go, uh, we were, we were at Beach Mountain, North Carolina, and we ended up with this, this huge cottage all to ourselves because our friends clearly didn't want to be around us. <laughs> Are you sure that was because of the COVID? It was because of the COVID. Okay. <laughs> and, um, I took my little Chris Barclay fly rod out. Ah, shout out. So, so we actually had a Bonhoeffer house fly rod. It was the bond. It was the house rod. <laughs> it's a, it's a seven foot rod it's a two weight which means very very lightweight very soft very like responsive to small fish so it's basically mm-hmm. meant for um, brook trout and small streams and guess what we had a small stream with brook trout in it running through our property won't Perfect. he do it won't so, he do well, it <laughs> say less okay i was out there and uh went out by myself one afternoon and because no one wanted to be around <laughs> even your family <laughs> They wanted to, but I was like, listen, I need a little bit of time, a little yeah. bit of dad time. And I caught the biggest brook trout I've ever caught. Wow. Wow. It bent that rod, that little Barclay rod over in half. Mm. It was so satisfying. And Jenny and Hattie, my four-year-old, were on a walk on the trail that ran. So they got to watch me. That's cool. Yeah. It really happened they, because they saw wow. it. 
Mm. That'll be like one of those core memories for Hattie for the rest of her life. So I'm holding the, I'm holding this uh, eight inch brook trout, and Jenny's taking pictures for me. Really, I don't know much about brook trout, but I really Nine was guessing inch, it was ten. going to be quite a bit it's larger prob- than eight inches like with this inch, excitement. Like a ten inch brook okay, trout. Okay, all right. Uh, probably weighed like 15 pounds or so. So uh, no, no, it was small. But, yeah, but, they're, but they're small. Okay. But uh, I'm holding so it up and Jenny's taking you, pictures Jesse. for me. And then I, I, I release it into the water and Hattie lost it because she wanted to, to see it. Oh, mm. So she was really upset with me. But yeah. you got to keep fish wet. You know, you got to yeah. put it back in the water. Yep. You do have a sticker that says that. Keep fish wet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like our friendos need some context about your how long you escaped covid yeah. well here like, we are what is it may of 20- but but it's not just the duration yeah. it's that you were in proximity to so many people so who many. had it everyone in my family <laughs> well, family yeah my Your wife family and, four kids. Our, and you did not quarantine from each other our trip no we don't do that our our trip where we were in in a van with like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. i forgot we two. were in the covid van <laughs> yeah we went to louisville yep. in a van in a giant 15 passenger van with really like 10 people. Yeah. One yeah, of whom had it. COVID like the whole time. The whole time. The whole like time. On the whole, it, like <laughs> on the whole trip down and on the whole trip back. My throat hurts a little bit. Yeah. I keep coughing and my throat hurts, but I'm sure I'm fine. And then we found out he had COVID. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And then just, I don't know. Just everyday life. Yeah. 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 Ran- well, random exposures that everybody experienced. It got me. It got me. <laughs> Michael, what about you? Oh, gosh. Um, I think I think my favorite thing. Late, uh, can I say two things? Sure. Um, no rules. One is that uh, Emily and I just recently bought uh, a bunch of fruit trees and fruit bushes, and we got them all planted on our uh, in our backyard on on like a, this pasture that this kind of sloping hill pasture that we have in our backyard, um, and. And that, that was probably a week and a half or two weeks ago that we got those planted. And we'll just sometimes walk out on, on our like little back patio and like look out over the back pasture. And we're like, ah, oh, <laughs> it looks so nice. Awesome. <laughs> um, so obviously none of them have fruit on them yet. <laughs> it's going to be many years before they do. But <laughs> it was really satisfying um, to, to get all that done and really exciting to do it together. Um, and it just is beautiful. It's it's like a picturesque scene in the backyard, um, rather than just this kind of uh, overgrown, wild, wild and waste. <laughs> in the backyard, there's there's a beautiful um, kind of orchard that we're starting. Um, the second thing is <laughs> maybe maybe it won't sound that exciting to you, but <laughs> I feel like um, Emily has perected this like little uh, protein bite recipe oh. there are peanut butter and oat and honey and chocolate chips and they're Where delightful are they? yeah why didn't you bring any for i us? i'm not going to because <laughs> this, this. i i keep them for myself <laughs> they're my precious did you know that if you give away things it actually increases your joy <laughs> uh i don't know if part that's of true of part of joy things. is sharing <laughs> no i'll bring some i'll bring some um but she made like this gigantic batch. And here's really the, the, the favorite thing is I finished the last ones like yesterday. And I was like, oh, well, that was nice, but it's over. now she's going to have to make more. It's going to be a while because she's really busy and she does a whole bunch. And 
And so we were at the gym together today and she was like, Hey, I've got, um, I've got, remind me, I've got protein bites in the car. So like after, after we can have some, I was like, you have more. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I, I cut the previous batch in half and I froze half of there them. There we go. And I was like, oh, there's more. <laughs> so we need that recipe. It's a small thing. Yeah. It's a small thing. The but little it, things are the big things. It brought me great joy. <laughs> she's a, she's a professional. She's a yeah. professional. She should be a, like a, like a, Instagram influencer. Like she should do the thing where she's got a, you should follow her around with the camera yeah. <laughs> while she tells stories. And She'd makes be one of like the six people I follow. I was going to say, Instagram. she probably, Holly would definitely, she probably follow. hates Instagram as much as Holly. So. <laughs> yeah. so yeah, you could follow each other. Yeah. Just the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> she could see your goats. Yeah. You could see her recipes. <laughs> Speaking of my goats, we, big development on the farm is that Morgan finally put up electrical fencing mm. which sounds yeah you cool, gotta you gotta electrocute him but <laughs> keep it I, it's, it's worth it for my sanity <laughs> oh my goodness so now they just get a little bit of a love tap from mm. the electrical wire if Can you they adjust, try like, to the, get through the dang like the char- charging units give them eight <laughs> <laughs> they're getting out again give them an eight it's honestly a little bit terrifying with my kids because mm. they are not ones to not push boundaries, but mm. they just got to do it once. That's what Morgan said. Yeah, so. Bentley will mm-hmm. will learn mm-hmm. two They'll or three learn. times yeah. into it. Your kids, honestly, I'm a little nervous. More nervous about your kids That's at our right. house. <laughs> we do we do litigate. <laughs> uh, no, What's my, your favorite thing? Yeah. Is that your favorite thing? No, well, it is a favorite thing, but my favorite thing is um, on the topic of COVID. It was Bentley, my son's last week of school this week, and his sweet little private school, you know, has like five teachers in the lower elementary school and two of them or something got COVID. So they had to go virtual for the last week, which was such a bummer, but it's been really sweet. Um, and it just kind of has, we've, we've been through the, the full scope of schooling with him. We've done public school and classical school and homeschool. And now this, and it just this week in particular, watching him do virtual school and like watching his teacher finish the school year with his classmates has just solidified that he's in a really special spot for him and for our family. And so today, um, their assignment this week was to write a kind thing about each of their classmates. And, um, his teacher just like read those over each of the kids and you could see on their faces just the joy and mm. being spoken truth over them mm. at nine years old. And I'm sitting off to the side, sobbing, like <laughs> sobbing. And and she, you know, ends each of it with just a like a biblical truth over them of like you are fearfully and wonderfully made and God is doing beautiful things in your life. And um yeah, my my mm. my son has an interesting story. He was adopted, and and she just spoke over him in front of us. It was just beautiful. So anyway, Bentley kept turning to me in the middle of the Zoom and being like, "Mom, Mom, why are you crying?" I was like, <laughs> "Bentley, mute your camera and just let me cry." He's like, "Mom, is everything okay? Why are you crying?" Everybody, everybody, my what's wrong with my mom? She's crying. <laughs> Oh, so anyway, that's, awesome. that's been my favorite thing. It will, it will stick that. That's like a, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. Probably. Mm. I hope he will too. Mm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we've had some great favorite things <laughs> and, uh, but not, not maybe not as great as this interview with Pam mm-hmm. B. Hall. Pam 
is a member of Valley Bible Church where I pastor. Uh, Pam and Brian B. Hawks came when we were maybe four or five months into our church plant. And immediately, our church was better. Hmm. Um, of course, the bar was low. <laughs> <laughs> but when they came, it, it, raised, it raised immediately. So uh, Pam has been, and she introduces herself in the interview, but uh, she's been serving over the past few years as our women's deacon at Valley Bible Church. And she's done some things like um, I've, I asked her to start a women's, tr- uh, basically theology training group uh, for multiple churches, mostly our church uh, called Kalos, which she, she'll talk about in the interview. And she's been doing that now for a few years. Holly, you've been through it once or twice? Once? One and a half times. One and a half times. Well, had a baby the half okay, time. Okay. You know. That's a good reason to quit. <laughs> um, and she's done other things like she's organized this uh, group of women. There's six women that, that now, including you, Holly, that mm-hmm. give on rotation, give feedback to our whoever our preaching pastor is on Sunday uh, in advance of his preaching so that they'll be do some exegetical work. They'll do some you know, give some input into illustrations, just a a really cool work that she's doing, leading theologically in our particular local church. And so listeners, friendos, you got a great interview ahead. Listen in, and we'll see you on the other side. All right, here we are. I'm so happy to be joined here in the study, the Bonhoeffer House studio, studio by my studio. by my um, <laughs> co-host today, my co-host who seems like maybe is trying to execute a takeover, <laughs> a hammer and quill takeover, because she's here with me conducting this interview, Holly Paulette, and hello, Holly. Hi, everyone. It's hi, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> It is you good to have you You asked me to come, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and Holly and I are joined by our friend uh, and really a mentor to both of us, Pam Hall. Mm-hmm. Pam is a member of Valley Bible Church where I pastor, has been for 11 years mm-hmm. since uh, our first year of planting the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the respect level at Valley Bible, the, the, the biblical literacy level, oh. the theological um, uh you know, just literacy and uh, intellectual level all tripled when Pam showed up. It's she oh, is she's not going to like this. I know she's we'll gonna, just look are, at each yeah, other and yeah. just ignore her. But. Because uh, Pam has been working in theological training at a lay level for years and has brought a lot to uh, the life of Valley Bible Church, and so we're so excited to have her on here to talk about the future of theological training. Uh, in particular, focusing on the church. Now, Pam, just to mm-hmm. introduce you a little bit to what we're talking about, and then we'll ask you to introduce yourself. Yeah. Uh, this series that we're in, we're, we're looking at uh, what is the future of theological training? And in particular, we're, we're living through a time right now where trust in institutions is mm-hmm. at an all-time low and is only, it's really only going down, mm-hmm. and which makes building institutions and uh, developing institutions both challenging and I think a bit exciting because mm-hmm. there's some possibilities now that there weren't in the past. Uh, one of those is is moving uh, maybe the locus of or the cent- central place of theological training 
back into the local church mm-hmm. where where uh, it's kind of been off offloaded to the seminaries and, and divinity schools and um, the last couple hundred years. And now it's kind of coming back. It's mm-hmm. making its way back. And so I think that's what makes your voice unique. You've been training women uh, in the context of, of uh, multiple local churches coming together over the years now since I've known you. And um, so I'm excited mm-hmm. for uh, hearing, hearing from you today, thinking mm-hmm. about theological training, not in the seminary, but in the local church. Now, would you do us uh, the joy of getting to know you a little bit more? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in the place where you are training uh, right now, oh, I don't know, dozens of women in uh, theology and Bible and life in the local church. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you. It's That's all very kind of you to say and very humbling because I just see myself as every ordinary woman. And the training, the journey, the background I've been allowed to have by the grace of God has just been one step at a time. Uh, I am married to Brian, and uh, hi, we, Brian. <laughs> we've been married for <laughs> forty. Let's go forty-four years this wow. summer. Yeah, that's amazing. that's amazing. Brian looks like he could be married forty-four years. <laughs> Pam does not. Pam, Pam not so much. Brian doesn't oh, either. He yes, don't he does. hate on Brian. <laughs> He's the greatest. <laughs> He's <very laughs> And we have four daughters and two wonderful grandsons. They are the love and joy of my week. And um, but we we served as missionaries uh, in Latin America for eleven years, and received a lot of training with that. Um, and also just saw the beautiful diversity of the church of the Latin Church, um, which was wonderful. Um, just a training by life itself. Before that and in the middle of that was involved with Bible Study Fellowship, which um, is a worldwide organization, I think in 120 countries now. And that really was my, when I started in Bible Study Fellowship way back in, oh, mid-80s, I really knew virtually nothing about the scripture at all. And so that grew me up. Uh, That and the local church grew me up to know the scriptures but um, especially as I moved into leadership positions, because the leadership positions are where the training happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the training in, um, it was started by a woman who was trained in a China, China Bible seminary. Mm. So she used a lot of her, um, her training, passed it along to us, like how to do homiletics, to write a talk. Um, and then as I moved up into the teaching leader role, would go to headquarters, we would have regular yearly training by great theologians who would come in um, every summer. We'd have a different theologian, depending on the book that we were studying. Mm. They would train us, and um, we would learn how do you write a 45-minute lecture mm-hmm. weekly? How do you find the big idea? How do you just be really doing hermeneutics without knowing I was doing hermeneutics at the mm. time? And then moved into an area advisor role after that, after teaching 10 years. And... Um, and learned even more, would get even more training from headquarters from that. So that's been that's been a lot of my lay formal training, I guess you could call it. But actually, um, being at VBC, Valley Bible Church, and beginning to teach Kalos and some of the early Sunday school, I feel like I've learned more just from the teaching and, and 
the things I've taught the women learning myself along with them, um, in the last 10 years, um, been, it has been equal to the, the more mm. formal well, training. So. Pam, I remember, uh, I came to know the Lord in college and I remember going to BSF and you were the leader mm-hmm. and just just like soaking in mm-hmm. all of your wisdom and being like, who is this lady? She's so smart. And then realizing you go to my church mm-hmm. <laughs> and then learning from you and Kalos a few years ago. And now you and I get to serve alongside mm-hmm. each other in our women's ministry. And mm-hmm. I'm like, look back on college Holly mm-hmm. and how much I learned from you then. And now getting to serve alongside you, continue to learn mm-hmm. so much from you. Um, it is a gift to know you and to learn from you, but also to talk to you today about this. Well, I feel equal, very equal with that, very mm. much so. Yes, and uh, I love what you mentioned about um, learning as you go, mm-hmm. or even thinking about. Uh, it certainly rings true for me that when I, when I'm teaching. A lot of times, mm-hmm. I'm teaching something that I just learned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. But. Oftentimes, the person that I'm teaching doesn't know that. And so um, I think it's kind of helpful for for young people to hear, like, it's not like Pam was born knowing everything, Mm, right? It's not like, you know, you're being trained, and then you're just taking what you're learning and just transferring it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really the way most of it works. Sometimes you get around people that they just, it's really smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not me. It's, it's definitely not me. So, what would you mind introducing a little bit more you both, about? You both fake it really well, then, because <laughs> I never would have guessed. <laughs> yes. Well, um, fake it till you make, make it. it. Yep. Is one of the my personal mottos. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> not, now I feel like I need to be sure that you know I'm kidding. Yes. Yes. Um, so. You mentioned Kalos, Mm -hmm. and that's something that I'm really excited about at Valley Bible Church. And so I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about what it is and Mm -hmm. how how it started. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Kalos is a woman's leadership training that we do um, at the church. It's a nine-month training from September through May. We have done nine different topics. Um, I stole the name from... uh, What's the name of the Seven Mile Road Church Church in Boston, which I actually got to be in a cohort with the woman who leads that this past past year. That was really fun. And told her all the (laughs) great ideas she had given us. Um, We don't usually give give credit. We just claim (laughs) we we created this thing. No, shout out to uh, Matthew Cruz, our friend up there at Seven Mile Road. And what's the name? Do you know the name of the woman that started it? I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, I just blanked out on that. Okay. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But you, uh, Jesse, you were doing Leadership Collective, and we just um, talked about that would be fantastic to have something like that for the women. And um, so I found their materials and then uh, just kind of modified it for what I felt would work for our church. Um, the name actually, Kalos, I know we're saying that wrong. It's Kalos or something (laughs) is a Greek word. It's like almost 90 times in the New Testament. It really just means good fruit, good soil, good seed that's sown by Jesus, all that good in there. It's also used of the beautiful thing that Mary did when she broke the, the jar of perfume over Jesus. Good, beautiful, better. So good things sown by Jesus into our lives so we can be good seed sown into the church and into the world is the idea behind it. It's really just uh, basic 
theological topics, like um, the first month we do hermeneutics and homiletics, and how do you do that? We did Jen Wilkins' book, um, Women of the Word, and that really was the foundation this year, but every year it's evolved into something Mm -hmm. else, but that was the foundation this year, so that every month the women had a topic, a passage that they would dig into using her curriculum, her her study method, uh, five Ps that she goes through. And so I wanted them by the end of the year to be able to say, I know how to do this because I've done it mm. eight, nine times. Mm. So that was, the study was one. Um, who is the triune God, the importance of humility, work, rest, women in the church, um, the church itself, spiritual disciplines was last month, focus on prayer. It's such a um, an amazing environment for women to have the opportunity to learn how to study in this way and then to gather together mm-hmm. and um, learn from each other and learn from you and learn from these books um, so that we can go out and lead that we are talking in the intro episode uh, about the importance of this, of um, it training us up so that we can go out mm-hmm. and have um, just more of a wealth of knowledge and more than that, a love for the Lord, you know, it grows such a love for the Lord, knowing his word Mm -hmm. and knowing more of who he is, um, Mm -hmm. allows us just love him deeper. Well, and I, that, that format with the group and we have two hours of interactive teaching and then an hour of small group discussion that's more personally applicable. To me, that's how theology needs mm-hmm. to happen. It's how it's always mm-hmm. happened in my history, where there's personal study time, yeah. then there's group discussion, then there's teaching, and then there's commentary. Mm-hmm. And so all of that, um, it's really kind of a similar, similar model. I love that. And uh, I would read your book if you wanted to write a book on how to do this. <laughs> yeah, I think that we probably have listeners out there that would, would even love to... Um, learn more about the process and how it's built and how what, what we're doing with Kalos. Really, and one of the things I'm excited about with this, it's a couple things. One is the hunger among the women in our church yeah. to come to this. Like, it probably doubles the size of our men's training every mm-hmm. year. You know, it's just there's a... Of course, men have traditionally more avenues to mm-hmm. be trained yeah. and mm-hmm. led. And so, uh, so I think perhaps they're just, you know... I don't know. I don't want to comment on that. But the women are hungry. We take advantage of the, the opportunity a little bit great. more. And, 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 and the other thing that um, that I love that we've done in the past that I want to do in the future is bringing multiple churches into this mm-hmm. or, or giving the model away to yeah. other churches in our area so that we might not just train, uh, uh, have a more kind of theologically educated and thoughtful congregation, but, um, but region. Yeah. And so I, I get excited about that. Let me ask you something here in terms of, this is one of the questions we're asking everybody. Mm-hmm. Why do you think, Pam, that theological training is important? Think maybe especially for, uh, the lay person in the local mm-hmm. church and maybe even more, especially for women in the local church. Okay. Well, I'll explain this a little bit more, but the, I mean, the obvious answer is to know and love God intimately and to fulfill our God-given responsibility to love our neighbors, ourselves. But uh, I'll, I'll give you, this is uh, 
kind of funny, but you know the movie, um, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society? Yeah, I haven't watched the movie, but I've read the book. Oh, my goodness. It's oh, that's so, flex oh, right there. It's so good. Oh, did they make Oh, they, they made make a, that movie? a movie? That's weird. I just oh. read the book. <laughs> <laughs> have you read I, the book, Pam? I have not read the book or seen the movie. Oh, gosh. But well, I know what it is. I know what it is. <laughs> I oh, do. it's good. It is like the weirdest title. It is. It weird. really is. It's like, it's so good, but why? But you understand at the beginning yes. why they yes. need <laughs> So anyway, <clears throat> toward the end of this um, movie, they, just very briefly, there's a little four-year-old and her mother has died. And the group is trying to figure out who's going to tell her that, that her mom has died. And... Um, so finally, the, her guardian, who's been caring for her, says, I'll, I'll go tell her. And so he walks outside to tell her, and they're watching through the window. And um, one of the other gals says, she's, she's only four. What can she understand? And the grandma, just with tears, she says, I'm older than time, and I understand nothing. Mm-hmm. And that just, that always moves me, because that's that's our world, <laughs> trying to figure life out. And it's just such a picture um, of them all together and how many great minds over time, over thousands of years, have tried to figure out the truths of evil and origins and purpose. And and it always leads back to the road of me, myself, and I. And it's not been answers. And so we need uh, truth revealed to us. And we can only understand these big truths and life and purpose if it's revealed to us, which it has been by God through his word. And so that's the only answers that don't lead us back to the dead dead end road of me, myself, and I, but lead us to know and love God intimately and be able to fulfill our God-given responsibility as as women to have dominion as partners with men um, and also to be easers, the easers that we were meant to be. Um, so that's the, that's the big answer. I think there's personal reasons, um, and there's missional reasons for, for us to have, especially women, um, have theological study. I can say more about that. Yeah. Say more about the, yeah, the personal and the missional. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think the personal reasons, um, was we're made in the image of God, male and female. And, we are in union with Christ. We um, have been filled with his spirit. Uh, Jesus valued women as the first one he told, I am the Messiah, um, plainly said that, and the first one he showed himself to after the resurrection and many, many, many other places. So um, I don't think women have seen their value. Um, I think they have seen the value of doing Bible studies that have been handed to them, but not learned how to dig in for themselves. Mm. Yes. And as a result, um, especially in today's world, I think circumstances have become our her- hermeneutic. Feelings have become our hermeneutic instead of scripture. Hmm. And, um, and I think also more and more, um, I'll say this carefully, we're, we're also reading this generation's reading more and more fiction than my generation ever did too, which is a beautiful thing. We, we learn a lot about the world from fiction, but I think we're moved by a good story. And so we hear someone tell a good story about their experience and we decide, okay, that's what I believe um, because they've moved me. Um, and we're so feeling oriented now. <clears throat> so I, we, I just am even the older I get, I'm going back to scripture, no matter what I'm reading more and more, show me this in the scriptures, hmm. show me the context. Is this true? Um, 
I, I'm not going to listen to it because of your circumstances and your feelings. And, um, and I'll also say this carefully. Women have compassionate hearts. A lot of men do too, <clears throat> but I think I've heard that <laughs> <laughs> compassionate hearts can be more easily moved by emotion hmm. and a, a good story. Um, so I think just, you know, we, we trust, but we need to verify. And so that's so good. You know, I was, uh, thinking about how so many problems that, um, present as political or social or, um, circumstantial are often theological, Mm -hmm. but the, the, it, which is what one reason why I think theological training is so important per, per your points here. And it's not that what we want is for everyone. I like what you, you mentioned about just, it doesn't mean just receiving a system and saying, okay, well, they've, they told me how to think. Mm-hmm. Now I can sort of slot my situation into these categories and go, well, I can, this is this, and this is that. And even, even in terms of Bible study, mm-hmm. uh, I want to help, people at Valley Bible Church and in the Bonhoeffer House moved past just finding a proof text to support a position mm-hmm, and, and into understanding what the Bible is. Mm-hmm. What you mentioned about the stories, like we actually, we have the greatest story ever. Mm-hmm, I mean, we have exactly. the story of God's redemption yeah. and um, we have the God of the gospel and the gospel of God mm-hmm. and we fit into it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. a lot of our theological problems are really problems of what is God doing and how mm-hmm. do I fit? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I love that that kind of idea of uh, helping women in the local church think theologically and find their source in the scriptures. And so that's very personally, you know, that's so we are not led astray, which mm-hmm. we're, there's so many places to be led astray. And for our personal faith, you know, that middle of the night faith that we need mm. comes by hearing. Mm. And, um, and I, I know the years that I taught, I, um, my faith, looking back, I realized, wow, my faith has really grown just from being so immersed in the scripture so often. Mm-hmm. So that's my personal. Then mm. can say more about the missional. Mm. Yeah. Do you want to? Yeah. Well, I just, um, I think, um, you know, we are to be, women are to be equal gospel heralds. And how can we do that if we're not really well equipped? And people are wanting proof now. They're wanting proof text. Tell me, where do you get that? Um, and so I think to have that appropriate credibility. But I also think, um, I think more and more women are, um, are leaving the church because they well, well, even I saw a Barnes study that said uh, women are less likely than men to believe that they're using their unique talents and gifts to serve outside the workplace. Hmm. And so, like, in the last 10 years, there was, it's dropped, like, 48% of women attended church at least once a week, and now it's, that's dropped to 31%. So I think women don't see their place in church, um, and I think they haven't been... So a big word for me with women in the church is responsibility. Um, are we being responsible easers, which means military strength and uh, friend and partner and um, to the men who are leading our churches. And um, we, how do we be, how can we be a, a military strength if we're not equipped? 
mm-hmm. to be that. Um, so I think, um, and I could say more about that. I, uh, I think one other area is, um, that I also, I was just looking at a couple of Barna studies and it said teenagers are more likely to seek out their mothers more often than their fathers to discuss faith, the Bible and the things that bother yeah. them. And I think it's just the daily, if the woman is the main one at home, yeah. she is the daily contact. So, um, yeah, woman, mm. woman against the serpent, I yeah. think is another big one. Yeah. That's been, there's been enmity between the serpent and woman since Genesis three fifteen. So, um, I just think we need to be equipped and we haven't, we haven't seen, we haven't stepped up to our place of responsibility. Well, as a woman in your church, I am so thankful for your leadership in this as you're leading us all toward a greater understanding of this and a, a deeper passion, um, and urgency, uh, personally. So, um, what are you curious about right now? What are you like researching the most right now? I think this year, this has been the thing yeah. is, is women in the church, um, just reading lots of books about this and listening to different podcasts that are, I'm really respecting because they're taking me through the scriptures. I've done a lot of, um, reading on both sides of, or different, I shouldn't even say both sides. There's so many sides. Mm-hmm. I, all the different views of, of what women's position, um, responsibility, um, privilege is in the church. And so, studying that but discussing it with women has been great and really expanded my viewpoints what are what have you been your favorite resources you found on the topic so far um uh the book worthy we've read this year (laughs) (laughs) oh no i just blanked out on the author elise fitzpatrick yes and um some guy eric some guy who wrote it with her (laughs) eric schumacher and elise fitzpatrick i can never pronounce yes 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 um, I've also read uh, read a lot of Cynthia Westfall's uh, Paul and Gender book, and I mm. there I didn't agree with a lot of it. Yeah, um, but I appreciated her perspective. Um, That's in my queue. I'm looking at it right now. Are you? It's in it's in my pile of books that shame me every time I look at them. <laughs> um, Which pile, Jesse? <laughs> I'm looking around your study. There are quite a few piles. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention another podcast, but I'm listening yeah, to another podcast please. right now. Yes, what you're allowed that? to. Yes, yes. <laughs> please. please mention another podcast. No. no. Um, yeah, no. Not we at make all. we make zero dollars from this <laughs> yeah, podcast, so this is... it's it doesn't hurt us when people listen to other ones. Well, a new one just came out today. It's um, called The Bible Thinker. Hmm. I've never heard of this. Mike Wingfield, I think, is his okay. name. The Bible Thinker. He's a pastor out of Southern California, and he. Um, he is doing a whole series, I mean, a deep, deep dive into um, just going through the scriptures, like mm. an hour and a half on Genesis 1 through 3, two hours on the women in the Old Testament. Wow. Um, and his first one was just about the filters, which I love, the filters that we put on so that we do not look at scripture, why we do not look at scripture mm. with this issue, um, because we have all of these filters. Wow. The whole first hour is just that, and it's beautiful. Um, and I think it applies to many other areas why, when we don't look at scripture itself. So I think those have been the big ones right now. Mm. When you, when you're looking out at the end of the future, mm-hmm. uh, what, what, what do you anticipate to be some of the biggest challenges or exciting opportunities that face, um, 
you know, churches and church-based theological education uh, coming up. So maybe think in terms of, you know, we're living in a digital age or people are leaving the mm-hmm. church or whatever you may think about. When you're looking out, what, what, do you, what, what makes you nervous or, and or excited? Mm-hmm. I think um, one of the challenges is um, we are, and, you know, we hear this all the time, but we're such a fast-paced society, we expect growth and knowledge to be fast. Mm. Mm. One of the P's of Jen Wilkins' five P's of study is patience. Mm. And it is a um, formation through theological training is a very slow process. It's layer upon layer upon layer. And it um, and you don't even know you're changing all the time. Um, and so I don't think we're patient enough for it. We want, and, and it requires hard work. <laughs> it requires like digging in and taking time to meditate on a passage. Mm and really thinking through it and rereading it over and over again and looking for repeated words and what's the big idea and those kind of things. It, it is hard in a fast-paced society. And um, so I'm I not sure we're patient enough for it. Um, on the other hand, I, I'm not sure we always, and I've heard this even recently, what is the point for Monday morning? Because mm-hmm. um, we don't always see... Oh, I, old, old, old phrase I heard that doctrine should lead to doxology. And we don't always see that. We mm. don't see the doxology on Monday morning from what I've just, this time I've spent with the Lord and his word and listening to him um, until we've tasted it. And then once we start tasting it, then we want it more and more and more and more. And so um, I think it's being patient enough to get that first taste is a big challenge. But I think there's opportunities all over the place. I mean... It could be we just need to do it in shorter, smaller chunks and um, uh, not long studies or even a little bit like we were talking about earlier. Um, and so um, using the digital digital age, yeah. all the different things, um, taking it smaller chunks. and well, you, Even thinking about the way that you guys do Kalos and, and uh, Holly, maybe you could jump in here too. Um, how do you keep people connected outside of when you're you're meeting once a month mm-hmm. all together mm-hmm. on a Sunday night? But how how else are you connected during the off times throughout the month? I'm not in Kalos this year. You're not in Kalos. <sighs> I wish I was in Kalos <laughs> this year. But I will say, from my past time in Kalos, you know, we we broke down into smaller discussion groups, mm-hmm. and those specific groups were had one leader, um, but that leader was just kind of facilitating community throughout the month and touching it or uh, touching base, mm-hmm. um, checking in, and you can um, put those together and it's touching, touching in, touching in. It's like that. Yeah, just leading um, leading one another toward this as you know the doing it in community mm-hmm. is so important mm-hmm. for so accountability important. for just um opportunities to bounce ideas back um touch in with each other on mm-hmm. <laughs> different ideas that you're uh realizing for the first time or something that's challenged you knowing that someone else is also um studying the same thing mm-hmm. i jumped in this year with um what when they read worthy because i Pam and I had been talking about it and I really wanted to read the book and reading it in community was so, so special because I knew all of these people, all of these women were learning the same things, um, processing the same things, being challenged by the same things. 
kind of flipping perspectives. Uh, yeah. So it, knowing that I had all of these women that I could reach out to and say, Hey, have you gotten there yet in the book? Like, mm-hmm. what are you thinking on that? So mm-hmm. ca- you can share more about, um, specifics with Kalos, but yeah, that's what we've been doing again this year and, and trying to like, how are you doing with the reading? Are you struggling at all and have a place they could bring questions to? Because we need, we do need to do this in community. Um, it's the whole, I mean, it's from all the way a thousand years ago, saints, you know, who are teaching us to the, the interaction that we're having in present day face to face. People who disagree with us mm. is so important um, so that we think think about it more. Um, and um, and then just to talk, how does this how does this change Monday morning? Yeah. Um, so speaking of people you disagree with, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm this is important to learn from or to read and to learn from um, people you disagree with. So who is someone with whom you disagree, but still learn from or read? Um, I would say, well, I just mentioned um, uh, Cynthia reading her book, which I lost the name of it. Cynthia Westfall. Westfall. Um, And actually, you know what, what what really impressed me with this was Michael, after we read, uh, he, he and I were reading love thy body at the same time. Mm -hmm. And he said, he finished, he goes, so good. I just want to read somebody with the counter arguments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, that's so good. I love that. Yeah. Um, I would have like, oh, I'd rather read somebody who agreed. <laughs> I feel better about it. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, actually, um, Tish Harrison Warren, okay. I love her, everything she says, but we're in a different place yeah. than what we believe about women's position in the church. Mm. Um, but I still would read everything she writes yeah. and love her thinking. So she's another one. Um, see, I thought. I what books I, by her have been your favorites? Um, Liturgy of the Ordinary and the one I'm reading right now, Prayer in the Night. Okay, which yeah. Which is just I, beautiful. This might be her only I think the only two, two. But they are good. She has an Advent book, I think. Oh, maybe really? Not. Does she? Mm, oh, You're I might have just made that up. You're thinking of Oxenrider, I think. Uh, no, Jenny I was. Jenny has that book. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking about, well, maybe. I don't know. But, but some Tish wrote this great Advent book. Yeah. Um, I'll have to look for that. But I love, too, that I learned about, like, I didn't know what Compline was till mm, I read Prayer in the Night. I still don't know what Compline is. <laughs> Please tell us. It's this beautiful prayer in the night for those yeah. who work and wait. Oh, and man. You know, Julielle mentioned she was reading Prayer in the Night. Mm. That was what, so that's cool. She And she's yeah. writing... Uh, I think she's a regular contributor for the New York Times. Oh wow! Yes, and mm-hmm. and uh, Christian today she's written some mm-hmm. for too. Yeah. So. Man, mm-hmm. I disagree with everyone I read. I <laughs> 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 um. okay. So yeah, well, we wouldn't disagree with Pam if she wrote a book. So Pam, I'm if sure you, I would. I'm sure I would. I'm sure I'd be like, well, I don't know about this. I'll send her an email. I sure wouldn't. I'll send her a strongly worded <laughs> oh, no, email, please. If you, Pam, were going to write a book, what would it be about? I think um, for the last 17 years, I have been praying for someone and fighting spiritual battles for someone very near and dear to me. Hmm. And I have learned so many lessons about Hmm. prayer. And there's been a number of times that I've thought, I should write all this down. Hmm. Um, So I don't know if I could remember it all now, but I know it's been a real journey for me hmm. and would be good for me to have it recorded for me. I'm sure I could, if I went back through my journals, I could find it, but I think that's what it'd be a, a book on prayer, waiting on God in prayer. 
I would read it. I would not really, disagree with it. Really quick. <laughs> I would. I, I, I rescind my snark. I would not disagree with that. I, I lo- would be president of the pre-order fan there club for that book, Pam. So bring it on. She would be... Um, uh, she would subscribe to whatever you sold. She, you would pay a dollar a month. I sure would. Out. I'd be on your Patreon. How'd Patreon. You, How'd you Patreon. pronounce it? Jesse pronounced it Patreon. Patreon. Or I can't remember. remember. It was wrong. However he pronounced it was wrong. So Pretty much <laughs> once a week, I'll say something, and Holly will turn to Michael, mm-hmm. our other co-laborer, and be Just like, roll eyes. Did you hear the way you pronounced that word? <laughs> It's really embarrassing. Uh, it's just the age difference. So, I, I, no. guess I only learned what that was this year, so <laughs> you can pronounce it, though. We're going to start a Patreon. We're going to start a uh, Friendos. Friendos of the Friendos. show. Friendos. Like if we it. can start a Friendo.com. I like that better than Then Patreon. you can subscribe and pay money to be our Friendo. <laughs> last question I have. Last question I have before we move on to the lightning round, which mm. we did not prepare you for uh-uh. at all. Uh-uh. Uh, when you're looking around... Where do you see excellent theological training happening? Hmm. And what makes it excellent? I think, um, well, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm loyal to Bible Study Fellowship. Mm. I think yeah. there's a lot of excellent theological training going on there, and they are uh, making it ap- uh, applicable to, I mean, they've got studies in 120 countries yeah. that they are making this applicable to different cultures and and they've always done just a beautiful job. Um, and accessible, too. Accessible. I mean, I know mm-hmm. for us, mm-hmm. BSF is so special because they offer child care for mm-hmm. free. Yes. It's just... And, a, and an excellent, excellent amazing. children's program. The kids learn just what their moms and dads uh, are learning. So. I have um, my youngest, as you both know, is a bit of a stage five clinger and um, does not enjoy going to childcare. So I got to sit in on childcare and I was watching this sweet woman. Um, First off we were, it was um, when Jesus cursed the fig tree Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I had done the study the week before, you know, and I had been wrestling through like what in the world. And so I was so happy to hear it on a two year old level. I was like, sitting there like in front row like I have a question I have a question but it was the most beautiful thing for me watching that was Mm -hmm. um the teacher went around the table as these sweet toddlers are eating Mm -hmm. their animal crackers and um pointed to the scripture in the bible Mm -hmm. and said to each child like she went up to Elsie and she said Elsie the the word is for you Mm -hmm. too and pointed to scripture and I was sobbing Mm -hmm. in this little toddler chair and Mm -hmm. I was like they do that God every week. God is so using beautiful. this ministry mm-hmm. in such beautiful ways from mm-hmm. two-year-olds to mm-hmm. however olds. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that still is just uh, such a great, great place. Um, but there's all kinds of online things now. This mm-hmm. cohort I did this year was on women's ministry um, from the Gospel Coalition. It was beautiful, really, really helpful. Many, many great teachers. Um, just whatever, you know, wherever we can have circles meeting mm-hmm. together yeah. and studying deeply even you know the the things the equip classes we're doing at church mm-hmm. um which i didn't get to be part of this this time <laughs> but um yeah, she looked at me and she's like oh that's right he does something at church <laughs> 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 i'm sure those equip classes are good <laughs> they are really i'll good. say one i've gotten to do a few of them you have <laughs> and uh we, we do some adult education sunday morning 
aka Sunday School at mm-hmm. Valley Bible Church. We call it Equip. Just did a class on theology and culture. And I, I'll say one more thing, and then you can take over, Holly, with the lightning oh, round. Nice. Um, when I when I think about excellent theological training in the local church, I really do think about you, Pam, yeah. and, and what, what you've done with Kalos at Valley Bible Church. And I was thinking about this today because we now have a women's team, a, a sermon resourcing mm-hmm. team yeah, of six, six women who are studying the text that our preaching pastors will preach. Mm-hmm. And they've got that text assigned, Couple ideally, weeks. six weeks in <laughs> advance, sometimes two or three weeks in advance. And uh, their job is not just to read the text and then give us like women's illustrations, mm-hmm. but like you're teaching them to study the Bible and then to give, to make their own, um, you know, exegetical decisions and, and, and make their own sort of recommendations about things and, and make their own observations. And, uh, it has just been really, it's only been happening now for maybe a month or two, but, um, multiple times the sermon has been formed directly by some of that input Mm -hmm. and even just seeing now there's a place for women who are trained up to to serve the preaching ministry Mm -hmm. that's just i just think that's excellent and i think that's so important even for women in theological institutions for for women to be teaching in theological institutions so men hear Mm -hmm. the the perspective of the partner that god put them with on this earth um, I always, I think of Tim Keller talking about, um, one time he was in a situation where he had to think of an answer and he thought, what would Kathy mm-hmm. think about this? And he, and he realized that living with her, listening to her mm-hmm. had added to his toolbox. Yeah. And if we look at it that way, um, just, uh, I think we're missing a lot without both perspectives. Yeah. Well, Pam, this oh, has been no. so awesome. Now we get to hit you with the lightning round. Oh, no. Round. <laughs> oh, no. What are you no, going to ask? No, they're fun. Okay. They're so fun. Okay, so this is the lightning round. We're just going to ask you some questions. It doesn't have to be okay. deep <laughs> or at all. They're fun questions. So, okay, what's the best movie or show you've watched in the past year? Oh, that's easy. Um, Itchy Boots. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Tell it us more. Fantastic. Brian and I have been watching. We've been gotten addicted to this. Um, it is a YouTube show. Oh, my gosh. It is a woman motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Pam, what? This okay. is so unexpected. I know. Okay. Keep going. She um, is from Holland, and she travels all over the world on her motorcycle all by herself. Well, the reason we got hooked on it is because she started this journey, which is going from South America to Alaska. She started it in Quito. Oh, she actually wow. started it before COVID down further south. But the one we started watching, she started in Quito, where we lived. So we thought we and, and one of our other uh, missionary friends hooked us onto it. So she is all she goes all these places that we recognized and are were beautiful and of course the latin culture and so now she's made her way she's all the way up um into honduras and so we also live in southern mexico so we're excited about when she gets to there and it's just 25 minute shows and the scenery she's got drones she's got music she's it's it's just captivating and beautiful man so we love it awesome we'll (laughs) we'll link to that in the show notes okay what about the best book you've read the best book mm-hmm. in the last in year. the last year oh, or sorry. this year Not, or this year yeah, yeah. recently hmm. um boy i have all my books on kindle <laughs> <laughs> um 
let's see. I I am I really am enjoying the um books I've finished. You can do whatever you want, Pam. This no is rules. your time. Hey, yeah. Pam, we trust you with anything. I'm, <laughs> Just... I'm reading Eugene Peterson biography right now. Oh yeah, so that's fire in my bones. Yeah, that's what Michael's no, reading. Burning in my bones. That's that's what I said. That's what I said. That's what we'll fire in my bones. <laughs> um, I think the most thought-provoking was the the worthy. Yeah, the worthy book. That's great. Yeah, that's that that so good. So, but devotionally, you know, it was just the most thought-provoking. But um, I'm prayer in the night has hit hit a spot for mm. me too. It's been beautiful. What about album or podcast you've listened to? Um, Al- Alyssa Childers. Okay. Do you know Alyssa no. Childers? Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh boy, she is teaching me some discernment. Okay, a lot on progressive Christianity and awesome. deconstruction, and um, she, this especially the last few months, has had some really, really strong, um, strong programs. Okay, so, beautiful. We'll link to that. Mm-hmm. What is on your nightstand? Oh, and be careful because Holly will make fun of you for being old. <laughs> well, if you if you mention Tums, <laughs> I, I I did hear that last. Time. <laughs> oh, you're asking for it. So, um, a lamp, uh, my water, and my iPad, because um, that's in case I have to read in the middle of the night because yeah. I'm waking up a lot now. Oh, so man. I've got all my books on there. <laughs> okay, so you live here in Radford. Mm-hmm. If if we didn't live here and we were to visit your town, where would we have to go to eat and where would we order? And because we'll give Radford a little bit of grace, you can do the entire New River Valley. Come on. Come on. <laughs> it has to be. I mean, not somewhere I've lived before. No, no, no got to be here. Got to be here. Unfortunately, here I'm so sorry. <laughs> Someone's here visiting you. Where do you take them? Well, where I would take them, hmm, I really like La Cabaña. I don't know. It's just good Mexican food. It's food is more where authentic. Is, you know La Cabana. Where is this that? Is, this is East Radford. East it's Radford. down by the campus. Oh, yeah. man, I don't know that. Yeah, it's the hidden Mexican restaurant. Okay. Yes, it's good. That's um, great to know. But, I mean, then you go to Blacksburg, you got real, real food, you know. So. <laughs> it's the good stuff. <laughs> oh, what, yeah. you guys are snobs. 622s. Oh, yeah. so good. Our best restaurant in Radford is either... In a gas station? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> or a former gas station. <laughs> oh, man. What is like your favorite snack or treat? What If someone was to give you a gift of a snack or treat, what would you want it to be? Uh, probably either Reese's Pieces. Oh, so good. Pieces. Pieces. <laughs> <laughs> or um, popcorn chips. I am addicted to oh, popcorn chips. Like those popcorners? That corners, yes, yes, yes. so good. The white cheddar, you have to wait. No, I just do plain. Okay, try the white cheddar, the blue bag. Sale, but they're so good. I don't even know what this is. Oh, they're good, they're they're addicting, they're addicting, and they're not so bad for you. Yeah, you want to know something? Yes, I don't really, I don't really get down with popcorn. (laughs) Really, yeah, I'm like, you know, what would taste better is something that. Like a chip? <laughs> like a chip. real chip. So you got to try these. Maybe yeah. maybe this will change your heart toward them. All right, Probably last not. question. The most important question. What is the most magnificent animal you've ever seen? In the wild. Yeah. In the wild. In the yeah, wild. it can't be at a zoo, unfortunately. A, um, <clears throat> oh, what do you call them? The manatee. Oh, Ooh. in the wild? In the wild, yes. We were kayaking. Brian and I were kayaking, and it was humongous. Where were you? Mm, I don't remember. <laughs> of course, Brian certainly, would be able to tell you. Certainly not like in the Outer Banks. <laughs> not in Radford. Not no. on the New River. <laughs> certainly not, not at the New River. Mm, not in the Outer Banks, but it was 
in North Carolina. Okay, it wasn't like in yes. maybe Florida. Maybe okay. Florida. Florida has been <laughs> okay. Florida. Yeah, that feels more yeah. right. Yeah, it was humongous, and we wow. just kayaked right over it. It was wow. so very cool. Wow. Love, love having you here with us, Pam, and we both love. I I can just say probably most of our listeners love your theological training influence. Mm. Yes. The way you're serving the local church, the way you're serving uh, our people within our Bonhoeffer House Network. And so thank you for joining us. Listeners, thank you for listening thank in. You. Thank you. So thank you, Pam, for joining us. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with mm. us and all that you've done, both in Valley Bible Church and mm. with our Bonhoeffer House Network churches. Uh, you are making a difference, and it was mm. great to hear from you here on this Hammer and Quill podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. This was my uh, break into the podcast world. So. <laughs> you did amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome interview. It was such a gift to be part of it. And Michael, sorry. <laughs> next sorry time. We left you next out, time. Okay. Um, it was just really special for me to um, be here for it because I have personally grown so much from Pam's leadership and mm. her friendship. Um, she is so humble and so servant hearted, but also just a powerhouse. And um, we are all better because of, of Pam and our church. So um, yeah. What'd you guys take from that? What do you guys want to talk about on the other side? So w- one of the things that really stuck out to me um is uh pam pam mentioned i think it was when she was talking about personal reasons for theological training reasons that she was compelled and uh felt felt the lord calling her and leading her into theological training was um because she saw a kind of a growing um I don't know. Uh, she said something like uh, just a growing trend that that people are led uh, and directed by uh, compelling story and emotion, and that she thought, in particular, in general, I should say, women are women have more compassionate hearts um, more often than men, Amen. Uh, <laughs> and that <laughs> and that, <laughs> <laughs> but not really. <laughs> Um, and that, and that because of the compassion of, of women, they're, they're moved by, uh, by stories and moved by emotion. And so she, she wanted to see women trained theologically, um, for that reason. And what stood out to me, I think was, uh, I I kind of heard that I heard her talking about that with, with, uh, ears of, um, I don't know, excitement about, uh, seeing women trained theologically and, um, and heard her say that and, and thought, amen. Yes. Like women, women do in general have more compassionate hearts than men. Um, hearts that are moved for, um, the hurting moved for the broken, um, hearts that are moved and, and compelled. And I thought for that reason that, that excites me to bring, um, more and more women into, uh, the, the conversation about theological studies. Um, and the image that came to mind for me is one that I, I can't remember if we've talked about here on the podcast or not, but, um, we've talked about, uh, the anchored set, 
uh, basically that when we think about um, ethical issues or um, when we think about uh, convictions, um, one of the ways that we can think about holding to our convictions is uh, is is like an anchor. Um, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jesse, but there's no, a bounded yeah. set yep. where yep. you think about boundaries um, of your convictions. Um, is there another major yeah, one? Yeah, so there, there's, uh, the, there's the idea in theology that um, how you approach theology is often either with the idea of a bounded set, meaning, like you said, there's there's a kind of, here's the here's the line. We don't cross this line. If right. you're outside of this line, you're not with us. You're um, outside orthodoxy. You're, you're, yeah, and it may, it may be beyond orthodoxy. That, that Sometimes that boundary is, you know, sure, Presbyterian sure. or sure. something. Um, and then the other idea would be a centered set, that we, we define what is this sort of um, the well that we all gather around, but we don't worry about defining the boundaries. We just sort of say, no, w- this, is, this is the middle. This is where we all come together. And then we don't, we just don't really pay much attention to where exactly does it stop. You just come here, and then you'll be fine. Kind of yeah. idea. And the idea of the anchor set is, uh, yeah, is that the the anchor is at the center, but it allows the flexibility to go with the where the winds and the and the waves take you culturally, or you know, even in your particular context. Um, without departing from the center and that because that's the challenge with the centered set is yeah uh, oftentimes the center moves around and it's yeah. like well that's not that important because I like these people over here or whatever so yeah and and so what came to mind for me was was that anchored set that um, that is actually it's actually really important um, to be able to be moved <laughs> uh, that if we're not if we're not moved in compassion, if we're not moved in love um, for the same things that uh, our anchor Jesus was moved by, um, then really we're uh, we're doing something wrong <laughs> theologically. Um, and so, uh, I think I think it is helpful to the theological conversation to have uh, the the disposition and the voices of women um, who can maybe help their their less movable, <laughs> more stone-hearted um, brothers see, no, that actually Jesus is deeply moved by these things. Uh, he doesn't lose, he doesn't lose his anchoring in, in the truth. He doesn't lose his anchoring in his union with the Father or, or his conviction to do the will of the Father, um, but he's still deeply moved. Um, and so that, that was, that was particularly interesting to me. would love to hear what what y'all think? Yeah. And by the way, that uh, that's Kevin Van Hooser in his book um, "Theology as the Mirror of Scripture." I think he's he's formulating that idea of the anchored set. Um, yeah. So I totally agree. The idea that um, uh, women in general are going to be more compassionate and and moved by stories and even move towards people uh, as a really interesting point. You know, really interesting thing to think about, even as we think about training women in our local churches or in the Bonhoeffer House, theologically. Um, and you know, for me, as I as I went back and re-listened to the interview, I thought this may be the most important one we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like in some ways, Pam, Pam is going to be the the least famous or the least uh, well known outside of our. I mean, no one's better known in our church yeah. or in our kind of region. But you know she's not she's not written a bunch of books. She doesn't have a position, a, a faculty position at a big seminary or or, or a graduate school or anything like that. 
Um, but it may be the most important one. I mean, you know, and, and the work that she's doing is really important work. Uh, the reason I say that is I think, I think we're seeing trends where, well, we are seeing trends where seminary and, and um, divinity schools are becoming less and less on campus. Uh, so that, that can be troubling. Uh, it could be troubling if they really go full on into uh, kind of digital education where you're, you're creating division between embodied people, students, faculty, uh, students from each other, students from faculty, faculty from faculty, all the way around, and 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 especially um, uh, disconnection from the local church. Right, you can just do that in your basement. You watch your classes, you know, take your tests, and you're done. I think that what the best of the seminaries and divinity schools are recognizing, like Southeastern with their Equip program, uh, this is an opportunity to to recommit to serving the local church. Mm-hmm. The local church should really be the 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 kind of center of gravity for theological training and the seminary should serve the local church. Right. So, um, you know, there's certain things that we can't, I, Pam's not gonna be able to teach. There's certain things I can't teach at, at Valley Bible church, uh, that because I, that I just don't know, we mm. we're, we're not trained to teach certain things, but there's quite a bit that we can, that we can be trained in and, and that we can then in turn train others. So, so I think, I think seminaries like Southeastern and, and or, like what we're doing with the Bonhoeffer house, we're really going to be, like Pam, Pam may be a model uh, for a way forward where we're we're talking about, you know, a lot of women in our church who who run the gamut from um, stay-at-home moms to um, nurses to you know uh, teachers th- th- in the marketplace who are all in a theological formation class doing ten months of fairly rigorous training, mm-hmm. reading, reading good books. Um, and, and I think that's, that's significant work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking about, um, theologian Thomas Torrance in his book, in his work on the atonement talks about, he's got this little side thing that has really stuck with me where he talks about, um, developing a, a theological instinct that really that's the task of a theologian is, um, he says when he's grading papers, he asks the question, has this person a genuinely theological instinct or not? Mm. Is his or her thinking spontaneously and naturally governed by the mind of Christ? He goes on to talk about it this way. He says this is much more important than being, a, than being theologically learned, much more important than being able to offer a formal academic account of some doctrine or historic debate in the church. And I think Pam mm. has a theological mm-hmm. instinct, and she's training dozens of... Now, over the course of her, her life in our church, there'll be hundreds of women yeah. who have who have gained a theological instinct, which what it means is, and this is a thing that Torrance doesn't get into, but I'm interested in it, is what about the theological instinct of a community? Right. Hmm. And and Pam is doing work in our... Anyway, so I, I think that that is what right. excites me about the interview and about the work that she's doing. And, right. you know, you you mentioned all of these, these women, and um, the end goal is not a degree and it's not a credit. The end goal is knowing God deeper and because of that, loving God deeper. And, um, and that's by the example of Pam, you know, it's not, it's not dozens of women who are just trying to get credits for a course. They're doing it. We're doing it because, um, yeah, of, of her leadership and of other women in our church leading us toward, the desire to know and love God more um, and to glorify him. So 
yeah we're just thankful for thanks pam yeah (laughs) yes yes thank you pam b hall for joining us for season two episode nine of the hammer and quill right here in the middle of our mini series on the future of theological training you are embodying that you're leading the way forward for us thank Mm. you listeners friendos for tuning in please subscribe review us on itunes or whatever uh, whatever you use to listen to your podcast, throw some five-star reviews our way, spread the word. And if you have something you want us to take up, answer, uh, follow, you know, discuss, email us at info at bonhofferhouse.com and we'll do our best until next time. Oh, by the way, next time we've got a great episode for you guys where we interview our friend, a really, she, he can't be the ultimate friendo because you gave that <laughs> away to Pam. <laughs> Sorry. But the, um, you know, semi-ultimate, the sub-ultimate. We can have multiple ultimates. <laughs> He's pretty Another ultimate, ultimate yeah. friendo of, <laughs> of... And you too can be an ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> of the Hammer and Quill and of the Bonhoeffer House, our friend Dr. Reese Bizant, Dean of Missional Theology at Ridley College in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, so oh, we will wait. have that for you next time. Until then, peace. 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 I got more fire in my belly than not to. I'm happy as a clam and I think you forgot to. Tell me where my enemies are, cause when I look around, I know what to be found. I guess they're counting down every single hour to the minute, to the second. They have me second guessing if they even present. If they ever step up to me, I'ma give them all a gift. I'll say sorry in advance and I'll go and plead the fifth. And I don't need a fifth to hit the top of your wish list. Every time I pivot, I'ma leave your ankles twisted. Listen, I'm not feeling listless. This, that, bliss, bliss I don't feel indifferent Already left the runway And I barely had assistance Went to my back Let the jokers react And the higher powers laughing with me They don't know what happened Up so high That your size is a fraction And what goes up Must come down But now I'm really feeling Like that paradigm shifted The feeling is addictive Anti-gravity I pray it's never lifted And when I hit the top It takes my booty That you're kissing Listen Skip the clips I'm on a list Everything is going on without a hitch. Skip the clips. I'm on a list. Everything is going on without a hitch. Skip the clips. I'm on a list. Everything is going on without a hitch. Skip the clips.